Growing up, I think my parents really strive to show me that, you know, they could have things handled. Now, mind you, I also grew up with quite a number of adults. So I, I feel like I was the epitome of it takes a village to raise a child. Mm-hmm. Hey, I'm Ziggy, not your average girl, a very big dreamer. I'm an island girl, which means there's flavor, sweetness, a bit of spice, and maybe sometimes a tad bit of sour, but I can sure I'm the full package. And I'm Lori. I'm super big on being there for my friends and family, and I'm excited about nearly everything. And And we're we're the the hosts of of Let's Let's Get Get Candid. We're both 20-somethings based in the beautiful Turks and Caicos who are just trying to figure out life as it comes. Let's Get Candid is all about having the kind of conversations that no one even mentions prior to being thrown into the world of adulthood. Every week, we're bringing on new guests who help us to dive deeper into the topics as we explore new perspectives on relationships, self-love, family matters, and business. There is no stone left unturned at Let's Get Candid. Each episode, you'll get deeper glimpses into our lives and hopefully learn from our own experiences along the way. All right, all right, all right. I think we've done enough formalities for now. Let's Get Candid. Welcome back to another episode of Let's Get Candid. I'm your host, Ziggy, with my amazing co-host. I'm your girl, Lori. And this week, we have quite of an exciting episode planned for you. One that I don't know about, so we're both <laughs> going to be surprised together. So I'm going to let Lauren elaborate a little bit more on what it is that we're going to be talking about this week. All right. So, guys, we have had a discussion, and it's been an ongoing discussion, I think you'd agree, about us wanting to be candid you know we've got the show let's get candid and we're supposed to have these authentic and transparent conversations but the topic topic comes up where it's like are we ourselves being authentic and transparent you know now roughly it'll be encompassed around vulnerability <laughs> ziggy you look a little worried are you are you scared <laughs> I don't know. Let's just <laughs> let's, okay. let's see how it goes. If you had to describe one word for how you feel right now, how do you feel? Um, concerned. Ex- uncertain. Uncertain. Uncertain's a good word, though. Yeah. Uncertain. And I like that you said uncertain because. When I was looking at the definitions for vulnerability and the different ways that it could be described, um, one of the ways when looking at it from a psychological kind of view, it's vulnerability is being uncertain of how what you're going to say is going to impact somebody, you know, or you're saying something to someone and you are not certain of how it'll be received, how you will be received and, you know, how you'll be perceived after saying it. So... I, I like that you feel that way because that means you're, you're taking a first step into being vulnerable, <laughs> darling. And we're about to get real vulnerable, you know, but just to get you out of that headspace. Tell me about your day. We've been talking about how we've had a crazy day. All of us. How was yours? Um, my day was calm. I had a calm day. I finished watching Top Boy. Ooh. Great series. Season two. I also took up my hair underneath. <laughs> but... um. That was pretty much it. I had a really calm, just really relaxing uh, day, which is one of the first for me, but definitely just a calm day. I like that. I wish I had a calm day. My day has been, I'm not going to say it was a hot mess, but it was probably like a cold mess. You know, <laughs> like like it's one of the messes where everything is settled, 
but it's just like there's so much chaotic. Yeah, there's still so Chaos. much to do. Like yeah. I went to work and I literally there were there were moments where I just turned off my phone, like my personal phone. And I was like, I have to go in on this and zone in because it was just so much stuff. And then after work, having more stuff to do, it's just like, mm -hmm. oh my gosh. And be here. Yeah. And be here and come looking so lovely for you guys on Let's Get Candid. So I'm excited for this conversation. I hope you are too. And I hope you guys are as well. So we're just going to take a quick break. And when we get back, we'll be diving in to getting vulnerable and getting candid here on Let's Get Candid. So stay tuned. This message is brought to you by Island Bargains. Welcome back to Let's Get Candid. So right before we left, we were just starting to talk about, you know, vulnerability. And Ziggy actually got a little vulnerable with us and letting us know she felt uncertain about how things are going to go in this episode. So I want to start us off with figuring out, okay, so what does it mean to you to be open and candid and vulnerable. Like, what what does that mean? Um, okay, so for me, with vulnerability, being candid, being open, just boils down to one thing, which is being authentic, being your true self. Um, just being one with yourself uh, and being okay with one with yourself in, 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 your, in your own space, but also in public spaces. Uh, because your vulnerability, right, there's I, the idea when I think about vulnerability is also those sensitive bits about you, those parts about you that you're still trying to figure out, that you still haven't come to grips with. And so all those things that, uh, you know, you're composed of and you have to, like, show a bit of them even when you don't want to. So I think that sums it up for me. Okay. You said something that I, I want to go deeper on where you said, you know, all the bits that are uncomfortable to expose about you, you know, that you're still trying to figure out. So how does it feel trying to do that, you know? Trying to do that, I'd say it's, it's a bit of a challenge because you're trying to figure out, well, you're trying to accept these pieces, though, I mean, then you put it in a public space, not even a public space, but then you bring other people into something that you haven't quite navigated yourself mm -hmm. as yet. So I think it's almost like if you think about a cot or something along those lines, right? It's still, during the first couple of weeks, it's still quite tender. You know, if you touch it, you know, it's going to sting. So it's during those phases where, you know, if you bring someone in, it, it, it still stings a bit. But, you know, just exposing that part of yourself and not being sure of what, that other person or persons might think about that particular part or, or part of yourself. You know, and I like, I like what you said where you likened it to like a cut. Because for me, when I think about vulnerability, oftentimes I find myself feeling like, you know, it requires you to really take a piece of yourself, you mm -hmm. know, and have to give that to people. Though I do feel like you you have to give to those who you think are deserving of that kind of vulnerability, you know. Mm -hmm. I, I wouldn't say that it's something that you could just throw out anywhere, but nonetheless, it's still a piece of you that you have to give, and sometimes it hurts to give that. Or even it's scary, you know. Like, would you say it can be a little frightening, or not even frightening, but daunting, to be like, 
uh, gosh, you know, maybe I'm not being as open with this person as they are with me. So probably I need to start doing something else. So that way they feel like I'm giving the same amount of effort. You know, have you mm-hmm. felt like that in the situation? I tend to always feel like that. Um, a lot of times, well not, well, not all the time, but majority of the times, I know that if I reflect on my friendships, most of my friendships, um, my friends were vulnerable to me first. Mm-hmm. And then it took me a few months to warm up. And then, like, I kind of like, maybe I'm vulnerable on a surface level. So it's just very, I guess you wouldn't say shallow. It's quite really shallow at the beginning until I've built up, I guess, enough stamina or just <laughs> the courage to show more bits about myself mm-hmm. to someone. I, I think it just ties into a bit of knowing that this person will always, I mean, never say, no, no one will always be there, but I think just knowing that this person is here, so being sure or having that sense of security. of Having that faith yeah. in them. Yeah. Um, okay, so I can say on each side of my family, I can, I off the top of my head, I know two cousins who I am absolutely the closest with, and that is my cousin Danielle on my dad's side and my cousin Jewel on my mom's side. And with Jewel, me and Jewel grew up, we're less than a year apart. We were always dressed alike whenever we went out. Like, it was always little Judith, little Lisa. We were a pair. And my older cousin, her brother, Xavier. And with Danielle, Danielle's two years older than me, right? But every time that I would go to Grand Turk and they would send me by my dad's family, Danielle was that cousin who was in the house because that's that's where she lived. So Mm -hmm. she was who I was around growing up. And it's funny because growing up, both of them hated me. <laughs> like, well, that's interesting. I, <laughs> I was, I was absolutely bullied by my cousins growing up, and it's it's crazy to look back on it. I always tell people like, right now, Jewel is the sweetest person on the planet. I, so I she wasn't sweet before. Oh no, Jewel got out all her wickedness when she was younger. <laughs> but you know, like Jewel is the absolute best person on the planet to me right now. There's not a bad thing under the sun that I can say about who Jewel is today. I think she is the closest to an angel on the earth. <laughs> but growing up, we weren't like that. Growing up, we used to fight all the time. I remember when I was little with Danielle. Danielle used to absolutely just despise me at certain points. Danielle's going to watch this episode. She's going to be like, did Lauren just... Yeah, she's going to be like, gosh, Lauren, really? out here putting out our business. But no, you know, growing up, I was, I'm the baby on both sides. So I was the last girl. And because Danielle's two years older than me, I can remember our grandmother always being like, Danielle, go make Lauren her milk. Danielle, go get this for Lauren. Danielle, help Lauren just make a sandwich. Like, uh. And Danielle was just like, I don't want to do this for <laughs> But looking at it now, these two, I, I speak to Danielle on a daily basis, and she lives miles and miles away. We have not lived in the same place since I was probably about 10. <laughs> Right, but we still talk on a regular basis. And with Jewel, every Sunday that we get together, I am up under Jewel like I am a little puppy. And for me, building up that sense of being vulnerable with them, you know, and being able to be like, you know, I miss you and I love you so much. And like it it took a while to get there, even though I've always known them, you know. Now with other people in my family. Um, like for example, my sister. So I don't have any brothers like you do. You have little <laughs> And I don't have any sisters, so I guess it's a trade-off. With my sister, um, me and my sister are very much alike. We're very emotional people. <laughs> so 
it has always been really easy for us to be vulnerable with each other. And my sister is like an open book. She will just say whatever is on her mind whenever it is on her mind. And I'm quite similar. So I want to know with you and your siblings, is there a space where you guys do get vulnerable? Because I know you said before you grew up like a tomboy. And in <laughs> like we've had this conversation mm-hmm. where in our society, when we're raising our sons, you know, we we raise them up to be like tough and you know there's no crying what you crying for or anything like that so being raised around so many boys not that you were raised like a boy but you were raised around them so what kind of influence did that have on you okay so i think the first part you asked me okay but the vulnerability with my brothers so i have four brothers uh, i think my old my oldest brother now Please forgive me. I don't remember the exact age, but I know he's like, if he's not 40, he's a little over 40. So that's like 20, 20 years, maybe about 20 years older than me. Mm-hmm. And then my youngest brother, um, he is two years older than me. So all of my brothers are, were quite way older than me. Um, and so there's one brother that I, well, two actually, I'm not going to call him the names on his set, <laughs> but there's two brothers that I have. I was able to grow really close with because I was always around them. And one of them, like even now, like I can, I feel like I can talk to them mm-hmm. about anything um, or share anything, whether that be relationship advice or different stuff. But I feel very comfortable, like, you know, talking to them about it. But I think when it comes to being raised around brothers, guys, they tend to just do their own thing. So like, they wasn't always because remember there's always there's an age gap as well so they're not like around me around me like all the time so it was like two of my brothers and then the oldest one he uh, he had left earlier on because he was like you know he's age older than me and so one of my other brothers like you know I grew really attached to him because we were like very similar and different things that we liked and so but I think when you when you're raised around brothers it's I don't I don't it's quite different. Because I think it's just this idea of being strong. So I was tomboy for a little bit um, until my cousin, mom, saw me one day playing with the guys. And she was just like, come, I can take you down by your grandma so you can play with the girls. And then <laughs> that's, how, that's how I got introduced to my, my girl cousins on my mom's side and kind of really built that relationship with them. But for the most part, I've always been around guys. Guys, like male family members was always like, always around them more than females prior to that. Okay. You know, and it's interesting. I have way more boys on my family than girls, but I feel like, I don't know. I don't know if I could say I grew up around more girls. Like, now I'm definitely a girly girl. (laughs) I probably got about one friend who's a guy and two cousins who I'm close with who are guys. Mm -hmm. But growing up, I had enough of a balance. I had my cousin Jewel and her brother, and I had my next door neighbors who were my cousins and that's a boy and a girl there. So I was always just like, I guess, jumping into everybody's <laughs> sibling relationship, like make me the little sister today. You know, because I want to be a part of this because my sister didn't grow up here. So when she left, I was probably about six, maybe six okay, or seven. Yeah. So I was really young and it's like, all right, well, time to find somebody <laughs> else to play with who's coming over. <laughs> oh, who I'm going over by. <laughs> yeah, who I'm yeah. going over by. So I think for me, I had, I can say, 
not that I'm very vulnerable with the guys in my family. There's probably only one guy who I can think of who I'm very vulnerable with. But I've had moments where, and it'll be random vulnerability for me. Like my cousin, who I grew up with, she's, um, she's dating this guy who's amazing, super sweet, super cool guy. And I can remember one day I had the most stress trying to figure out my life. And I called him. <laughs> and it's like, we don't have this super close relationship. But there was something about him that made me think, okay, you know what? Yeah, I can trust you with this. And you're going to give me some sound advice. And I feel like I probably got that from growing up around guys in a balanced mm-hmm. way, I guess. But even then, like I said, I've probably only been around him max two times. <laughs> But well, that in those, was a bull move. Yeah, but in those two two times, you know, I got to know him so well. Where it's just like, and I think it goes back to us saying, you know, with vulnerability, you're giving and you're taking. Like, you know, I I get cut. <laughs> so there's this piece of me, and I think with him, he gave a piece of vulnerability to me. So I felt comfortable later on giving that back. Now, also in the breath of family, I want to know. I think you and I have had similar like conversations when it comes to our parents. Oh, <laughs> and I know you're dreading this topic. But would you say you're vulnerable with your parents or have they shown you vulnerability when you were growing up? Okay. I would say that me and my mom is very similar. I, I find that out. Well, not that I just found it out, but I've realized <laughs> it. Now that I'm older, that we are very similar in the sense that we, we're not much of a crier. We're not much of a extremely emotional person. Like my grandmother on my mom's side, mm-hmm. very emotional. <laughs> Her cat will die. She will cry and cry. I mean, she, she's easy to tear up. But me and my mom, we're not, we're not that, that, that kind of person. I think there's only once I've seen my mom cry, and this when it was her brother's, my uncle funeral, um, but that was it. And I think we we tend to kind of have a, the same approach as well when it comes to crying, because it's like for me, you cry for like two seconds, really, and it's like for me at least, I know I have to think myself to cry, mm-hmm. like you have like not think myself to cry, but I need to really immensely feel the emotions of that moment in order to cry. But I I think in essence we are very much the same. Um, my dad always been a daddy's girl, uh, so I've always got away with stuff. Maybe I don't know, but um, <laughs> I think my dad is more outspoken. So I, I think he is a bit more of a, I guess you can say, a bit of a vulnerable person because you're not gonna wonder what he thinks or anything like that because he's yeah. gonna like pretty much let you know. So I don't think when it comes to him, it was like not much of a vulnerability, but I think that even in the absence of words of stuff, because I understand them a bit, I think I can understand deeper than what yes. they would say, especially with my mom, because like it goes back to the fact that I feel like we're so much mm-hmm. alike, and I can I feel like I just know, and then sometimes I feel like she just know, and I just like I don't want to get too close, <laughs> I don't want you to know what's going on. Well, <laughs> I read my mind. Yes, yeah, so, but um, but being vulnerable, so I've. I, it's always been a challenge for me to be vulnerable. It doesn't matter who it is, yeah. but I feel like there have been moments, especially with my mom, that I have been vulnerable. It's just like not really even think about it. It's just like just wake up and just say I'm going to say it, and I not nothing bad, but like I'm just going to act, say this and just feel comfortable. 
Um, so yeah, I think I think that sums it up. What about you? <laughs> well, when we're talking about me, we're actually going to take a quick break, and then I will give you my answer on when it comes to my parents and vulnerability. So guys, you're going to want to stay tuned, so don't miss it. Hot off the press, Island Bargains is now offering VIP consolidation rates for approved customers. That's right. Shipping your weekly cargo has never been more affordable than with the Island Bargains VIP program. Qualified customers will enjoy a low consolidated rate. And of course, customs clearing is always free with Island Bargains. Manage your shipments, make payments, and schedule home delivery all online. So if your business is looking for ways to save time and money in 2022, start by calling your local Island Bargains for details and approval. Island Bargains for the people. All right, so welcome back to Let's Get Candid. Right before we left, Ziggy had actually posed a question to me that I had asked her initially, which is about vulnerability and were my parents vulnerable with me? Did they show vulnerability? And I guess the easiest way to go about this would be growing up. I don't really feel so, you know. Um, Growing up, I think my parents really strive to show me that You know, they could have things handled. Now, mind you, I also grew up with quite a number of adults. So I I feel like I was the epitome of it takes a village to raise a child. Mm -hmm. Because from when I was little, my parents used to be really busy. My father was in politics. My mom would be all over the place, you know, different countries they would visit. And little me, I got to go to school. So I can't (laughs) go to these places. And I can recall that a lot of the times it would be my godmother who would watch me. And she, from a very early age, she treated me like, not like an adult, but she treated me like someone who can understand reasoning. Mm -hmm. So she would say to me, Lauren, you know, I don't like that you did this because it made me feel like this. Or she would say, you know, this is what is happening. This is why it's happening. Now with my parents, um, you know, it, it wasn't until I got a little older, I could remember the first time that my dad was vulnerable with me. And it was when I was in high school. I was in probably first or second form. And he was starting to talk to me about, you know, my parents have had this whole situation go on with them for the last like decade or so. And he though vague (laughs) he was basically saying to me you know Lauren there are things going on right now people might say things about me or your mom but at the end of the day you have to understand that we have always tried our best to make sure you and your sister are taken care of we care about you and your sister and above all else that is who we are right and that stood out to me because it was a conversation we had on the way to school and my entire life in high school my dad always used to drop me off so We used to have a million and five conversations, but that one stood out to me. And with my mom, she, you know, I can't really remember an exact moment. Like how you said you and your mom are a lot alike. I've realized that me and her are quite similar, though me and my dad are also very alike as well. (laughs) And she, she was always very open with me. And I can remember her saying that she was very intentional about always saying, I love you to me. And these are things that I learned after the fact, like when I've gotten older, that she always used to be intentional about telling me, you know, I love you, Lauren, I love you, da-da-da-da-da, because she said, you know, growing up, that wasn't something that 
they heard often. But that's because, like, the generation that mm -hmm. our parents were in, I love you was shown through. I made you your favorite meal or I bought you a new dress and things like that, you know. And I think across our grandparents' generation, that's how I love you was shown. It was shown through acts rather than actually saying it. And for me, I realized that my mom would say more about what was going on with her as I got older. Like, we would talk about different things. She'd start asking me questions and come in my room and be like, so you like boys? <laughs> Who do you like these days, Lauren? And me being a teenager, like, mommy, please get out of my room. I don't want to have this conversation. But now, looking at it, I can definitely say with my parents, it's, it's interesting. We have definitely had our moments where we've cried as a family. We've had our moments where we've laughed or gotten angry at each other as a family where we'll have like it's a three-person war <laughs> and we're all on differing sides but now I have to say definitely more than when I was younger do I feel like my parents have certainly been vulnerable with me to feel what they feel openly because I think a lot of when I was younger was them protecting me from you know this idea of things not being great you know now, with that, I think, and like you said, with your mom, you and your mom being alike, do you think, like how you said she just knows what's going on with you and how you can just know that she's sensing you, do you feel like that's how you tend to approach situations where it's like, I'd rather just know <laughs> than talk about it? Okay, so what I'd say is opposites do attract. And I would want not to have to know because I think when it comes to having to know, I create a narrative of what I think. Just, you know, just those narratives that it, um, whatever soothes you, right? So you just create a narrative to just go with what you think and what you would want it to be. And I would rather to know, well, I would rather the words to be expressed than yeah. to just know. Um, yeah, so it just doesn't it doesn't leave much of a room for you to just assume or to think that you know, right? And one of my main love languages is words of affirmation. So I like to hear things. I I rather hear it than to feel like, oh, I should know. Mm -hmm. So no. So going into other relationships, whether it's platonic or romantic, I would prefer words. Um, I wouldn't want to just know. I would want you to express it. I agree with that. I think, like you said, you know, we were able to make up a story in our head about how this is supposed to go, you know. I remember someone saying to me once, you know, always ask because you're never quite sure of how a person feels because it could be where, you know, for example, maybe a friend of mine, I haven't heard from them in a few days now, instantly I'm starting to think, oh, gosh, she must not like me anymore, this, this, and the third. And it's like, well, maybe it's just that she's busy and she actually does want to talk to me. But every time she gets the opportunity to, it's not even that she has a full opportunity. It's late at night and she's like, oh, Lauren's probably asleep. So mm -hmm. what's the point, you know? So I do think for us, it's, it's better to have it be vocalized in situations where, especially you're getting to know somebody mm -hmm. um, and things are still very, you know, touch and go at that point in time. And with this conversation about how our families are, um, do you think as a 
culture, as a community, that we approach vulnerability in the kind of way where it's like taboo. It's, it's weird to talk about it or even weird to be that way. I would say yes. In our culture, we, we do approach it from a standpoint of, you know, you shouldn't be this open person. There should be, all, well, there should always be a mystery to you. And people just need to figure it out and figure it out. And I don't think that people need to be figuring out and figuring out things. I think that we should be open and, and be vocal and express it. And I know oftentimes that's not an easy thing because I am not. And I, I said at the beginning of the, the season, and I'm pretty sure that you may have caught the drift, um, but I am not always that most vulnerable person. So I understand how difficult it might be for someone to be vulnerable, especially around people that you don't know. Because, you know, the thing about being vulnerable or being open is that you it won't always be around the people that you're most comfortable with. Yeah. And my friend had said something to me um, earlier this year. I think it was about earlier this year. And it was just so random. Um, my friend, Bernisha, who always has the most amazing words of encouragement. Um, but she said to me, that I think it was under my video, one of my videos, I was like doing some preaching, something, something very <laughs> preaching. But anyway, she just, just, she switched it and she was just like, you know, see, I think that everything that you went through would not be in vain and that God would use your story to empower the women. And I was just like, you know, I really do believe that. But I think for me, it's all about being vocal enough uh, to actually share that story. And so when I did, um, so Ruth had an event, uh, Ruth Forbes, the CEO of Fortis, she had an event with Jules Ablaze and she asked me to speak. And I remember preparing for that. And it was very, it was much of a task because at the beginning, it was like, what am I going to talk about? And then I was kind of sold. I was going to talk about a different topic. And then even up to the night before, I was like, I know I should just tell her, like, you know what? I'm not going to do it. Mm -hmm. uh, I'll just do the hosting part of it. And just, you know, let's just forget about the other part. And for me, that was a point of, you know, and then I got there and I was still thinking the same thing because I was like, okay, I don't even know a lot of these people here. And I was like, but I'm going to share this story. And it's just like, ooh. But, I mean, eventually, even before I got on the stage, I went to the back, I had to go to the, I went to the bathroom. It's just there. I was just like, oh, what am I going to do? What am I going to say? And I just went. And then I was just like, okay, just, just do it. Like, you know, you're ready here. You don't have, you always have a choice. But, I mean, at that point, I already committed myself to something. And once I commit myself to something, I want to, to do it. So I did it. And I also posted on my social media page, but I got a lot of great feedback. A lot of persons who felt like, you know, they can resonate with, with that story, even though it wasn't extremely in-depth. But I tried my best to, to allow people to be in that space that I was in. So mm -hmm. being vocal in our community, for sure, is not the most easiest thing because we are a small community. And so you feel like people will get to know everything about you. But I do feel like you have a story that you have to share because our stories are not this selfish thing, right? We use our stories to allow God's light to shine and, and for people to understand how imperfect we are, yeah. but how perfect God's strength is and how perfect God is to, you know, allow us to, to see the fruits of our labor and, and, and to just be in that that space that he's created for us to be in. You know, 
with you talking about your experience with Jewels of Blaze and me being able to be with you along for that journey and seeing the growth of you through that, I want to know, is there anybody, when you look at our community, is there anybody who you think exemplifies the level of vulnerability you're striving to be at? Yes. My friend, Bernisha, I was going to say, I was going to say, I'm going to say my friend, Bernisha, again, because ever since I've met Bernisha, she's always been this, like, very vocal person. She's always been like, you know, this is who I am, right? Mm -hmm. That And that's what it is, you know? I've seen Bernisha cry before. I was so surprised. I thought, oh, my gosh, I don't know you cry. So, like, I've, I've seen a lot of different aspects and parts of her. But I remember when I lived in London, she was living in London, you know, one thing she said to me is like, I want you to be vocal more. I want you to speak more. And at that time, I was just like, whatever, you know. But yeah. it's interesting now to see how, you know, those events have played out. But definitely, she has been one of my friends that, you know, I highly admire when it comes to being vulnerable. Because she's just like, this is who I am. This is what I think. I stand up if it's wrong. You know, I stand up if it's right. You know, if I got to cry, whatever it is. But this is what it is. And this is who I am. I love that. And my... Last question for the segment. I want to know, what do you think it's going to take for you to get to that point? To be honest, if I'm going to be completely honest, I don't even know what it's going to take. <laughs> I think that I'm just I'm just trying to figure it out as I go, like, what works? And how should I approach this? I think one of the things that I'm trying to do at the moment is not worry about the little the little things surrounding it. Mm -hmm. And just focus on the main thing. How do you feel? And just express that. Because I feel like once I start to think about all the other surrounding bits, it's like, okay, I'm not going to do it. Because this seems like a trap. Or it seems like I'm going to something and I'm not sure. So when I start to think about all those other things, it's a, it's a no for me. So I'm just like, just forget about the outside bits. And just focus on, you know, the main thing. And once I focus on the main thing, but also focusing on how I feel... And just expressing that, whether that sounds good, whether it sounds bad, um, just doing that. Uh, mm -hmm. Another outlet for me has always been writing. Yes. And I've always been very, um, at the beginning, I've always been very, not secretive, but very, um, I can't remember the word I'm looking for, but I've always been very protective about my yes. writings. So I wouldn't really allow a lot of people to read it because I, when I write, it's on. Like, I'm going to express exactly how I feel. And, yeah, sometimes you don't want to read exactly after I feel something like <laughs> what I've written. But I will be very, like, vulnerable in my writing. Mm -hmm. Lately, I've shared more of it. But definitely writing has been an escape for me in terms of expressing how I truly, truly feel. Thank you for sharing that. And I, I want to tell you this from now. I am so proud of you. I hope you know that. I don't want to make you cry, and I don't want to make myself cry, but I'm so proud of you. Thank you so much, Lauren. And um, I think, <laughs> let me see if I sip my hand. <laughs> You've made it easier or easy for me to be a bit vulnerable. And it just ties back into being able to feel like you can connect with someone, connect with their vulnerability as well. So we share maybe not the same story, but there's similarities. Or we might share bits and pieces. Right. And then you feel more comfortable to yourself because I think it just goes to this thing of just feeling seen. A lot of times people see us, but do they really see, see us? So thank you for creating a space <laughs> for me to feel seen. Gosh, my heart. 
Guys, we are not done with this episode just yet. We have more vulnerability coming for you in our next segment, so please don't go anywhere. Stay tuned to Lexia and it. This message is brought to you by Long Bay Express. Welcome back to Let's Get Candid. So guys, like I promised, we have another segment for you and it's one of our personal favorites. It's What You Know About Us, where we answer questions from this very mysterious bowl written by our producers who love to force us to think deeply and get really, really vulnerable with you all. So Ziggy, you want to pull out the first question? Okay. Um. <laughs> yes, my office ain't long enough. Uh, okay, let's uh-huh. see. Oh, 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 read it. <laughs> what has been your greatest struggle? What a question. <laughs> I guess on the topic of vulnerability, I mean, it has been always been vulnerability and the sense of being extremely open with my feelings my thoughts without trying to sugarcoat it. I feel like sometimes I try to find the very nice way on how to say something that isn't so nice. So let's say you feel angry. Mm-hmm. I'm going to find the nicest way to say that. I'm angry and I'm going to... It's just going to come off. So I guess it doesn't even come off as effective because are you really angry? So I think it's always been just struggling to, to show my emotions in its most genuine, authentic state without me trying to make it to seem something or needing to think, I need to think about it first so I can come and I can say the right thing. Yeah, vulnerability, trying to figure it out, trying to figure out how to be vulnerable with people, also trying to, how to be vulnerable with the people that I love the most. Yes. Because I find sometimes, and I've sensed this and I realized it a little bit too often, where there can be a disconnect where I care, and then sometimes it just comes off like I maybe I don't. Mm-hmm. When I do, I just think it's just a process of me trying to figure out like how do I even be that? How do I do it? What does that look like? How what does that look like for me? Because we know that everything doesn't look the same, the for, same for everyone. And it's a process. I haven't figured it out yet, but I'm trying. We'll see what happens. But I don't know, but it, it's a process. I like that. For mine, it's actually the opposite. I have an issue with being too vulnerable. So there's this whole thing of you talk some, you keep some. I <laughs> I, I have a problem with keeping some, right? Because for me, like, I always used to joke that whenever I'm going through something, in order for me to get over it, I need to talk to, like, 10 people who I'm close to about this one thing, and I will end up hearing the exact same response back to them. And it's just like, okay, now I've talked to these 10 people, and... Now, as I go forward, they're going to have their own comments on it. And then it's overwhelming to me to have all these comments on how I'm choosing to go about my life. Mm-hmm. Right. And I've also had to learn because for me, I've experienced where I've been vulnerable with the wrong people. And that has been really hard for me to, one, get over that and to get over that fear, you know, because me, I don't know, it's like it's like word vomit where I just can't help it. Once <laughs> once I'm feeling some trust for you, I I will pour my all into it, you know? And I think that when you're going forward, be it in friendships where I have had my vulnerability being used against me, 
relationships, whatever the case may be, I've come to realize that with vulnerability, it's something you give in pieces. You know, it's always, I'll give a little more, I'll give a little more. It's not something where, okay, we've reached from point A to point B and now boom, you know, my whole soul, like, no. I think it definitely has to be something where as you get closer with people, and I think that's how you build close friendships is the longer and the, not even the longer, but the more work and effort you put into building that kind of relationship, then the more vulnerable you become with that person. And for me, I don't think I did the right background checks, I guess you can say. When it came, background checks. Yeah, I think, I think I did like a quick bypass on background <laughs> checks when it came to my vulnerability. So now I am learning how to be less vulnerable, you know, as well as learning when to be vulnerable because I don't think everyone deserves that Vul- vulnerability. Yeah. Right. I, I, I agree with that. All right. So next question. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll let you take this one out. <laughs> what is something you're insecure about or like to hide from the world? What is these questions all about? <laughs> Violence. Uh, okay. For me, I am really insecure about I guess how I come off to people is a way to put it um I've tried to be very mindful of how I go into situations so for me I don't know I think really hard on oh my goodness will these people like me oh my goodness am I going to come off right to them and even when I walk into places like for example the other day I went to a party with my dad right for me, as someone who grew up like an only child, I feel like I should be comfortable enough to walk into an event and be by myself and just like step in and I'll mix and mingle and I want to get to that point, but I'm not there. And when I walked into the event with my dad, I followed my daddy like through the crowd as he went and hailed everybody. And my, I always joke with my dad that he's like a little celebrity. So he's hailing everybody and I'm just following behind. Hi, yes, I'm Floyd's daughter. Nice to meet you. Until I find my friends all the way to the back. I'm like, humans. You know, so I, I don't know exactly what to call that insecurity, but I feel like I'm not yet comfortable with just... I guess, putting myself out there when it comes to new spaces. Like, I feel like I have to be goaded in or I have to be, you know, introduced in by somebody. Like, I won't even go to a new restaurant and stuff unless somebody takes me there first, which I need to get out of. So, yes, (laughs) Mm -hmm. that's my insecurity. Okay, so, okay, my insecurity that I think that I try to hide away from everyone might might just be the fact that I question am I good enough or am I giving good or am I giving enough? So I think and then in response to that, I overcompensate. So it's like you won't give a hundred, you'll give like a hundred and fifty because you have to be ten times better. Because a hundred doesn't feel good enough. And so you have to do a little bit more mm-hmm. to be good enough. And I think, I think I've always done it. Like, I need to overcompensate. I need to overcompensate. If I feel a little bit like, okay, I didn't do the right thing, or if someone give me this, 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 this feeling that, okay, I wasn't good in this, or I didn't do that right, then I feel like, okay, now I need to go, like, help. I need to 
overcompensate because I need to make up for what I didn't do right. So I think it's always been just not feeling good enough mm-hmm. and then having to overcompensate to feel good enough. And I mean, what a draining task. But um, I think only now have I felt more comfortable in feeling good enough because I, I've just, just replayed a few instances in my head where, you know, maybe I've connected with people or not even just connected with people, just how I feel right now in this moment. And I feel like because I'm not overcompensating and you realize that you don't have to overcompensate. Like, if something's supposed to come, it's going to come. If it's supposed to happen, it's going to happen. And you're not going to always be good enough. I mean, to certain people, I guess. You yeah. should look at, like, like, look at it that, that way. You won't always be good enough to some people. So extending grace. And I try to do that a lot with myself now. Especially, mm-hmm. like, as simple as having a to-do list. And if I feel like I don't check off a lot of things with my to-do list, I feel like you're not that productive. You weren't that productive today. Like, it was... Like, you could have done more. And then I just think about maybe one or two tasks that I did do off the list. And I'm like, okay, Ziggy, I am proud of you. You did a good job. You don't have to stay up late to try to overcompensate <laughs> to, to get it right. And mm-hmm. because that throws off everything for the next day. So I'm like, okay, you did a good job. You, this was a, or this was a big task. So obviously you wasn't going to get more tasks done than this one. So it's okay. I'll extend grace. You can you can catch up on it tomorrow. Like so, I've just tried to implement it in just very small things where you might feel like I didn't do good enough, and just tell myself like it's okay, yeah, it's all right. I mean, you have your whole life to get it right to figure it out, you know. Mm-hmm. So just just be graceful to yourself as you try to be graceful to others. Yeah, I do have a question. Just a little side question of mm-hmm. that: Have you ever experienced burnout from feeling like you have to keep? giving and giving and giving where it's like everyone else is probably given a cool 80% and you're here given 150. I don't think I've experienced burnout as yet, but I think sometimes I do look and I'm like, this people ain't going as hard. And so you might question, they're not going as hard. So why is it that I'm going so hard and it's not happening? Yeah. So it becomes that spin-off question mm-hmm. where like, I am going extremely hard. So why is it not happening? And I've learned um, a little after the pandemic, I think. Well, the pandemic's still going on, so I mean a little after 2020 when I see the <laughs> pandemic. That timelines, mm-hmm. and, and not just timelines, but also that don't, like, you don't have to try to do what someone else is doing because it's giving, it's getting them the attention that you think that you want. Just focus on yourself. Just do what works for you. You know, everything falls into place. And not rush, rushing the timelines. You know, everything falls into place. I, I saw a note from my Snapchat memory maybe a few days ago. So it was a four-year memory. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it had the scripture verse on it. Because I like to put sticky notes around the room. And then I like to do affirmations. And one of the sticky notes said, God is going to give you more than what you've asked for. And I was like, four years later, I feel like this is very true. Yeah. That... God will give you more than what you've asked for. And even sometimes not give you what you've asked for because you don't know what you're asking for. And I came up with this little quote. I, I hope my producers don't have no color cards up when I'm talking. <laughs> but um, I came up with this little quote when I was living in London. It's, we never realize how ill-prepared we are for the things that we ask God until we get it. Yeah. So a lot of times we're like, I want this. I want this and I want it now. But what have you got it now? 
you and you're being really ready honest. For it. Yeah, and then you mess it up. And then who's to say you get another chance at it? So you do need a lot of the experiences that you go through to get that. So I've just learned to just, you know, take it easy on myself. You know, and I like what you said. It actually reminded me just this weekend because, like, every time we come to the set, I'm always talking about, oh, I had a million and five things I needed to do today. And just this weekend, my cousin said to me, you know, in the middle of the club, like really random, caused me to nearly cry in the middle of the club. He said to me, you know, I don't want you to go so hard that you burn yourself out because you have so much greater left for you to do. You still have time to do these things. So don't keep pushing yourself so hard trying to get everything done and trying to be everything for everybody that you don't take the time out to focus on you and to get things done for you. When I tell you, I job in the middle of the club while people smoking their hookah, I was here dabbing tears and moving like, ugh, it was a hot mess. No, but. I agree with that because I'm trying to, in my life, I'm trying to be in that space mm-hmm. where after you do something, just, just enjoy the moment of it. Yeah. Don't, rush for the next thing. Like, even if it was a bad situation, a good situation, whatever it is, you just accomplish something big of your checklist. Just take some time to just be in the moment and, and, and be contented, right? The Bible says, I'm doing the Bible thing again. <laughs> in every situation, you find yourself in to be contented. Whether mm-hmm. it's a good thing, it's a bad thing, just find contentment in being in that space. You know that we won't always be in the same space forever. But during that time, there's always something to learn, like you've mentioned earlier. So just be there. Just take it all in. You know, because you, you may never be in that Take space in again. Moment. Yeah, so just, yeah. just breathe in. What's it? Breathe in the fresh coffee? Yeah, is that one? Or breathe I, in the flowers? I don't know. It's one of them. Take time breathe. to smell the roses. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Take time in that one. <laughs> well, this was so great. I am so happy that, you know, these questions, as crazy as they were, they did definitely <laughs> bring a good conversation for us. And, guys, we're going to come right back with Let's Get Candid. So, please, stay tuned. To stay up to date with our latest videos, make sure to subscribe to this YouTube channel by clicking the subscribe button. And we're back to Let's Get Candid. So guys, thank you so much for coming along with us on this crazy episode. Ziggy, how do you feel after... Going through this episode, you know, everything that we've spoken about today, how do you feel right now? Okay, so entering to the episode, very uncertain, very walled up because I didn't have any parts in the episode, so I don't know <laughs> what to anticipate. And so for me, it was like I need to be a bit guarded because I don't know what is going to be asked and then what should I say and then... Going into the episode, it was just like, just feeling like, I guess a feeling of over, feeling overwhelmed. Like, oh my gosh, do we have? Do I have to do this? Do I have to answer? Do, do this have to happen? Mm-hmm. And then I, I think as we continue to go along, it's okay. Questioning, okay, am I doing it good enough? Like, am, am I hitting the mark? I have a perfection problem. So yeah, so trying to figure out like, is it is it being perfected? And then not feeling like it's being perfected is another thing. So it's like, okay, okay, am I not doing this right? And then I think just got to continue going on because, I mean, can't get off the bus. So <laughs> as I continue to go on, just trying to be as open as I 
could possibly be. Mm-hmm. Even if you're listening and it may sound like I just was rambling here and rambling there because really it's just the way the thoughts are just Coming going up. in my head. Mm-hmm. But I hope that this episode, you may have seen a different side of me or maybe you've seen that this girl does have walls up. I don't know what your takeaway may be, but I hope that the takeaway would help you to, will allow you to know that there's people that feel exactly like you. If you're someone who struggles with being vulnerable, being open, expressing emotions, even though you might feel them deeply, that you will feel like you can resonate with someone, that you can feel connected. Um, And that, you know, it is a process. It is very tedious process, but it's possible to happen. You just have to put the work in and you won't know how how to do it, but it's a process. You just keep trying until you can get it. And, you know, because being open is is important. God, like I've mentioned earlier, God does give us stories to share. We're not selfish. It's not about, it's about me. He gave me this story, so it's just about me. It's about allowing his light to shine through so people can connect. So, I mean, I hope that's your takeaway, but that was exactly mm-hmm. the kind of process, how I felt coming in uncertain, but feeling a little bit more calmer now because it wasn't as bad as I think it was, but just allowing myself to be vulnerable um, so that you can see me for who I am. I love that. And something that I've definitely gotten out of this, and I hope that other people get out of it too, is vulnerability takes bravery. And A lot. <laughs> you know, and I said it to you already, but I, I'm proud of you. And I to, to see that, you know, you are constantly trying to, push yourself a little further, which, you know, that's what a process is. It's not just you wake up and you could just flip a switch and boom, you are exactly who you want to be or exactly how you want to be, you know. I don't think that any of us are where we exactly want to be. There's always some room for improvement somewhere. And I think showing that, being willing to show that Mm -hmm. takes a lot of bravery and being willing to try to be vulnerable that, that takes being willing to say, you know what, I'm going to make this risk in putting a piece of myself out there, you know? So for me, I hope that's what people get from it, that it's, it's scary for everybody, child. It's and more scarier for some. Listen, more scarier for some, but it's everybody has their fears, no matter how minor it may seem to other people or how much greater it may seem to other people. Nonetheless, we're all going through something. We're all striving for something. I think that's the human experience where we are aiming to get to a point for our own self. Who do we want to be? And how do we want to show up when we go out into this world and we have to deal with people? So that is what I hope people get out of this. And once again, I, I admire that bravery from you. <laughs> All right, we're it's not gonna get thing. emotional, Joe. We're I think we can just do this because we can't hug. Ah, my hip like might that. get cut off in the camera, <laughs> and I don't want that to happen. Well, yeah, guys, thank you so much for joining us on this episode, Ziggy. Thank you so much for allowing people to see the side of to you. Get into my intimate space. Thank you so much for getting candid. <laughs> I'm trying to embody the show, yeah. which and I now realize is not that easy. But I think you also have to realize, seeing as this show, what we call your passion project, it clearly is something you're striving for. Let's get candid. It says it in the name itself for you that you're striving 
for mm -hmm. you to get candid. And I love that. So guys, thank you so much for joining us. And I hope you come back for our next episode. So we'll see you then.